A parent's love for their children is immeasurable. And for most of us, this love seems to be wired into us from the moment our first child is born. But is it possible that this unconditional love, despite good intentions, could be misdirected? Something that can block God's design for a healthy family? Today, we'll be talking to Dennis Rainey about choosing a life that matters and about loving our kids, our spouse, and our God in ways that can help make family life the good life. That's next on Licensed to Parent. Hi, I'm Michelle Hill, and I'm glad you've joined us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long, Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host, Trace Embry, is the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill and author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill. Our goal on Licensed to Parent is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherd's Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. So, Trace, when you talk about child-rearing parenting, you often talk about the need for parents to get in stride with God's ecosystem. To be sure that our listeners understand what you're talking about, can you help clarify what you mean when you say God's ecosystem. Yeah, well, well, most of us know what Earth's ecosystem is. You know, it's a community of living organisms, plants, animals, humans, weather, dirt, and more that all work together uh, as God has ordained them to work for common and optimum ends. For the non-believer, you might substitute nature for God if you want, but either way, uh, when you don't submit yourself to the laws of nature or nature's God, things are less likely to end well for you. Not to seek shelter in a thunderstorm might be one example. Planting corn in December would be another. (laughs) Uh, With respect to the family, not feeding your kids or abusing them would be operating outside of God's ecosystem. Uh, So is having our kids out of wedlock. Uh, Divorce is another. Having two moms or two dads or any myriad of other deviations uh, we're now seeing from traditional norms for marriage, family, and healthy parent-child relationships. That would be, you know, more examples. My contention is that God's ecosystem started getting out of whack on the very fundamentals of family and child rearing back in the 1960s, which is just the tip of the iceberg that led to so much of the insanity that we're seeing in America today. Because even in traditional married families that still consist of a mom, a dad, and some kids, you're also seeing many of the same warped appetites, attitudes, addictions, uh, and actions that, that have sprung from the postmodern influences of our American culture, a culture, by the way, that now routinely operates outside of God's ecosystem in almost everything. Mm. And it's all at the root of what I'd like to talk to our guest about today, because I believe that uh, deciding to live within God's ecosystem plays a big part in choosing a life that matters. I'm sure that our guests can talk with us about how to choose a life that matters. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent is Dennis Rainey. Dennis and his wife, Barbara, are founders of the family and marriage ministry, Family Life, and they've devoted their lives to seeing marriages thrive and individuals grow in their relationship with God. Dennis is a popular author and speaker, and for over 25 years, he was host of the radio program, Family Life Today. He is with us today because he longs to empower you to live in courageous faith as you parent your kids and love your spouse well. Uh, Dennis, welcome to the Licensed to Parent broadcast. It's great to have you with us. Trace, great to be with you. Michelle, you too. Thanks, Dennis. Well, in the intro, Michelle and I were talking about parents living their lives and, and raising their kids congruent with the principles and dictates of God's ecosystem, or a.k.a. a biblical worldview. Can I assume that you would see this as 
being foundational for uh, preeminent even for living a, a life that matters? Absolutely. In fact, uh, Barbara and I have uh, really uh, given our entire adult lives to helping people be successful in the, the three most important relationships in life. Our relationship with God through uh, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Uh, number two, our relationships with one another, beginning with uh, uh, your spouse if you're married. And number three, your relationships with your children. And in all three of those situations, uh, we're in desperate need of knowing and applying God's blueprints for our relationship with Him, with our spouse, and with children. And the reality, Trace, is we're not born with those blueprints. That's why we got to get in the Bible and find out what God uh, requires of us. Amen. I'm so glad you put those things in the pecking order because I was, I was going to ask you a little bit about that. Uh, what about for unbelievers? Because there are a lot of, a lot of those claiming that uh, uh, statistics show that more secularized nations are actually doing better, uh, more civilized. They're, uh, they have better economics. There are less incarcerations than nations that are considered more religious. Are these people reading the statistics through tainted lenses, or, or is there uh, something more to this? Well, I, I say this. Um, whose standard are you putting yourself up against? Is it the world's standard, mm-hmm. or is it, uh, is it God's standard? And that's where, uh, as you mentioned in the outset, Trace, we need to have uh, a biblical worldview uh, that's built around Jesus Christ, the scriptures. And uh, I, there's no question that two, two people who are outside the faith, don't have a relationship with, with Christ, uh, can raise some great human beings. It's happened throughout, throughout history. But uh, the question is, uh, are they doing it according to God's design or the world's design? And, and I, believe, I believe true success is measured according to the scripture. Hey Amen. I think there's a difference between being religious and being uh, or living a life submitted uh, to Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ. And I think uh, so that's one way some of the uh, there's several ways that mm-hmm. statistics can be warped. But I think that's just one of the ways, um, you know, especially especially in light of some of the uh, social upheaval our nation's experienced in recent years. How would you answer the, uh, the parent who asks, what, Dennis, exactly do you mean by a life that matters? I thought all lives mattered. Well, I'll go back to my college days, Trace. I was confused spiritually. I was filled with doubt. I was a single guy, and um, uh, I stumbled on a, uh, an evangelist by the name of Tom Skinner from, uh, from Brooklyn. And uh, he gave me a quote as he addressed the church that I was a part of, that he began and, and ended uh, five messages with. And this, this so nailed where I was. I, I think, Trace, uh, Michelle, this is, this is where a lot of people are. And here's what Skinner said. I, I spent a long time trying to come to grips with my doubts mm-hmm. when suddenly I realized I'd better come to grips with what I believe. Mm. I have since moved from the agony of questions that I cannot answer to the reality of answers that I cannot escape, and it's a great relief. That's profound. And for me, um, our relationship with Christ, knowing Him and knowing what He expects of me to be successful in life, became the true litmus test of whether I was living a successful life or not. I'm glad 
I'm glad I was in the process. I don't do it perfectly. Wouldn't, wouldn't claim to do that. Michelle worked with me for a number of years. Mm-hmm. She can attest to that. We won't ask her to do that right now. <laughs> but uh, in, anyway, I, I think the way, uh, the way successful life works, marriages and families, is if God, God's blueprints are being followed and he is the Lord and master at the center of it all. Amen. Amen. I mean, part of that is understanding the eternal perspective on everything. How can parents get their kids to better understand the eternal perspective on things that matter? Well, I think they're like little radar units. They are locked on us as moms and dads, uh, and they're watching our values. They're they're seeing what we think is important and how we live. Mm -hmm. And uh, we can't lie or cheat in front of our kids in one moment and then turn around and take them to Sunday school or to church and say, now, now follow me as, as I live my life. Right. And it's not that we don't make mistakes, because we do, but Barbara and I used our mistakes to instruct our children where that plumb line was and what those blueprints were. And uh, I wrote a little book called uh, Choosing a Life That Matters, and I outlined seven commitments that I found in Scripture that are the essence of this. And I don't want our listeners to overload on this, but, but this is kind of how, how we packaged it in terms of what those blueprints begin with. The first one is seek God, not sin. We're commanded in Scripture repeatedly to seek God because he is the creator, the author of life, and he's the one who's going to help you in uh, tackling life's toughest problems. The second one is fear God, not men. And I personally believe a lot of disrespect that we see in our culture today mm-hmm. that human beings have for one another is because they've lost the fear of God and they don't, they're, they're not living their lives accountable to him for how they treat other people. That's right. Mm-hmm. I think as we fear God and treat others with respect, uh, I think we begin to fulfill God's blueprints. Yeah. Third one is love God, not the world. Mm-hmm. Our hearts were designed to love something. Right. And if we don't love God, we go, we don't go on to love nothing. We go on to actually love and worship everything that's put before us. And I think our kids need to see us fulfilling the great commandment of Christ who said, uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and uh, love your neighbor as yourself. So loving and loving others who are broken people is a key component of that. The fourth one, believe God, not the deceiver. There's a spiritual battle taking place for every soul uh, it's listening to us right now. And he wants to deceive. He wants to lie. Jesus called him the father of lies. Yeah. But we have the father of creation and of the truth. We're called to believe him and not the lies. The fifth, fifth command, obey God and not your, not your appetites, not your feelings. We don't live life by feelings. We live life by faith. Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Mm-hmm. That sixth one is serve God, not self. A yielded life surrendered to Jesus Christ has a much greater chance of passing on the biblical values than one that is self-centered. I just don't know how that would work in, in between two broken individual people here who aren't following Christ. The last one is worship God, not comfort. Mm-hmm. Our hearts were designed to worship God And by worshiping him, I mean choosing him in the midst of crisis, in the midst of suffering. Uh, Barbara and I have been married 50 years, and 
one of the toughest times in, in our marriage and family came back in 2007 when uh, we watched our middle daughter give birth to a little girl, Molly, who lived seven days. Mm-hmm. And uh, we walked through the valley of the shadow of death. I don't know how you'd handle that if you didn't believe that God does work all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Amen. So those are seven non-negotiables that I think every person needs to be working through in their own lives. And it's not that you do it perfectly. It's that you're in the process of attempting to do it at all. There's a standard. Absolutely. There is. Yep. There's a yardstick. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, it's break time, guys, and we're talking with Dennis Rainey, Unlicensed Parent. We'll be back with more right after this. Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis, is celebrating 20 years of ministry. There have been many distractions in our work through the years as a result of a four-lane highway that divided our land. As a result, plans are underway to develop a whole new campus designed to improve our students' therapeutic experience away from the highway noise, along with up-to-date infrastructure and staff offices, all to help smooth out the day-to-day operations. The five-year, two-phase plan will begin with a new dining hall, followed by two new school buildings, also containing a new studio for licensed to parent. Please consider partnering with us, building together a new and improved Shepherd's Hill Academy. Learn more and make your gift today. Shepherdshillacademy.org slash building together. That's shepherdshillacademy.org slash building together. And thanks for helping us provide healing to teens in crisis. Hi folks, Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago when Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to his word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. You can learn more about Shepherd's Hill at LicensedToParent.org. We are talking today with Dennis Rainey. He is the Family Life founder and marriage and parenting expert. And just a personal side note here, I served on staff with Family Life for many years, and I grew as a result of his fine leadership. And Dennis, just before the break, we were talking about, or you were talking and explaining the seven non-negotiables about seek God, not sin, fear God, not men, love God, not the world, believe God, not the deceiver, obey God, not your feelings, serve God, not self, worship God, not comfort. And so for parents who are listening, if 
if, I mean, first of all, it's hard to do all those things or be perfect with all of those things. But parents who are listening, some might be thinking, hey, so is this a checklist? Like if I'm following this perfectly, am I going to start raising perfect kids or have good relationships with my kids? Like, how do we start seeing this play out with our relationships with our children? Well, that's a great question, Michelle. Uh, what Barbara and I tried to do is we just tried to set our sights on this standard, how we were going to measure ourselves, and we tried to teach our our children to uh, seek God, to fear Him, to love Him, believe Him, obey Him, serve Him, and worship Him. And when we made a mistake, and by the way, I think some of our greatest lessons that we pass on to our kids are not our successes, mm-hmm. but yeah, right. they are when we fail. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we failed, we can instruct the kids how to ask for forgiveness, whether it's interpersonal relationships. I think that's one of the key things in the family today. Barbara and I, many times, we had six children in 10 years, and uh, we, we, met, we wondered many times, were, were we going to be, be raising children who are going to be squabbling with each other for the rest of their lives? And I think sibling rivalry and conflict and disappointment with one another is a part of, uh, of, of the incubator uh, for a family where God wants to be the center of it and his blueprints, the scriptures, and guide us in instructing our kids in what to do, not if we make a mistake, but when we make a mistake. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting that the New Testament, uh, Jesus' followers, one of them betrayed him, but the other 11, they at points quit following him as well. Mm-hmm. And, and the Bible's filled with other kinds of stories. David, for instance, who failed through uh, adultery and murder deception. God wants to use imperfect people to declare who he is and what his love is like to a broken world that desperately today Mm -hmm. needs a relationship with him. Yeah. I can attest that what you're saying is exactly right in my own personal family. uh, I think some of the most intimate times that I've had with my kids uh, has been when I've made a mistake and I've had to come to them and humbly apologize, ask their forgiveness. I mean, you know, healing is basically three steps. is confession, uh, repentance, and forgiveness. And when they see uh, the old man come to them and say, hey, look, you know, uh, this is what I did. This is what I'm not going to do anymore. And this is why I'm not going to do it. Will you forgive me? Uh, boy, that really puts them in a position to where um, there's, there's a bond that takes place that I don't think can happen in, in any other way. So I, I 100% concur with what you said about that. There's there's uh, a humility in that that a like I know as a when I was a kid there was a humility that when my parents would come to me and say that like I'd be almost I wouldn't say shocked but there you just see your parent coming to you say asking for forgiveness and there mm-hmm. is just this feeling of not awe but going I want to learn and be more like them. There's an example in that mm-hmm. in that asking of forgiveness. I and guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and when they see you vulnerable, they're more apt to be vulnerable and confess things that they maybe they wouldn't ordinarily confess otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Des, what, what's the answer for, for how uh, a parent can cut through the busyness and carnal appetites of life to become more genuine mm-hmm. uh, as... as uh, Genuine, genuine in their faith, you know, committed to the, to, to the Lord? Well, that, that's another good question, too. Um, I can just tell you how Barbara and I did it, trying to apply uh, these commands of Scripture. The first place I'd begin is pray together every day as a couple. Mm-hmm. 
we got some advice four months into our marriage uh, from a guy who'd been married 25 years when I asked him, what's your secret of being married 25 years, having five kids? And he said, that's easy. I prayed every day with my wife, Sarah Jo. Mm. And, uh, you know, I was looking for, for the right blueprints in those first months of our marriage. And so I went home and said, let's, let's pray together. And we began doing that. And there are times, and there have been times in our marriage when we've, when we've gone to bed, and that's usually when we pray, when she's facing one wall and I'm facing the other, and it's not what's most comfortable physically. It's that something has come between us. We've either hurt one another or we've gotten angry with the kids and we're out of fellowship with our spouse about it because we disagree with them about how to handle it. And and what we have done over the years is we've turned to each other and said, I would say, Barbara, you know, I, I was wrong when I was short with you. Mm-hmm. And and I, I, I can't begin to count the number of times that I had to have this conversation with her. But then after we'd settled things with God and with one another, the next day we would come back if our kids had witnessed our disagreement. And I remember one time we were arguing in the kitchen, and it was kind of like a tennis match. Our kids were looking back and forth between uh, their their mom and their dad who were arguing with each other, and uh, they were locked on us like a, like a radar unit. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being convicted that when we settled this, I had to come back to them and explain what happened in private later on. And so I did that the next morning after I'd, I'd argued with Barbara, and I said, I got down on one knee with them, uh, and, and that's humility, uh, uh, Michelle, looking them in the eye and letting them know that their dad or their mom is real. Yeah. And, and I said, you know, your mom and I had disagreement. I didn't handle it right, and, and I was short with her, and she kind of got angry with me. But last night we went to bed, before we, before we went to sleep, we ask one another for forgiveness and ask God to forgive us as well. And we want you to know when you live life, you're going to live it in a perfect world and you're going to need to know how to handle failure. Mm-hmm. You're going to need to know how to handle your humanity when it gets away from you. Yeah. And that's where humility, as you mentioned, Michelle, is, is so important. Uh, you know, the Bible says, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. And I, I think a lot of what the mission of your organization, you're working or uh, I assume has to do with helping people uh, heal from uh, hurting one another, wounding one another, and finding a way to turn those wounds into a holy scar, Mm -hmm. something that declares God to the next generation. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Dennis, how important is it to have a strong marital relationship when you are raising kids? I think, and this is, you've heard me mention this many times, marriage is a covenant. Mm -hmm. It is a lifelong covenant to love one another. And today we have dumbed down that covenant. And the reason is we've dumbed down who God is. When we see him for who he is uh, and we're to fear him and respect him and love him, I think we have a greater opportunity to love our spouse uh, when they hurt us. And so uh, I think a challenge for parents is, Make sure what what they're seeing you live out with your spouse is validated the other six and a half days of the week, not just on Sunday morning when you uh, promote your values with your kids by taking them to Sunday school and church. Very Mm -hmm. important. In fact, I think one of the big reasons, Trace, you may be able to comment on this, one of the big reasons children are leaving the faith is because there's a disconnect between what they see on Sunday morning and the truth they hear declared and what their parents are living out uh, the rest of the week. 
100%. You know, I think uh, some of the other problems that people have with keeping commitments too, and I think it bleeds over into marriage, is um, the, the idea of a covenant uh, in and of itself is kind of a, a dying thing. And I think it's largely because we have too many choices. We give our kids too many choices. How many times do you want to set up an, an appointment with somebody? Maybe it's one of your kids. I know it's happened with, with my kids before. Uh, hey, how about meeting me for uh, lunch? Uh, well, I, I'm not sure I can really commit to that because, you know, there may be a better deal coming along the yeah. line for yeah. that. <laughs> right. And I, and I confronted them with it, and it, they're like, well, yeah, I guess that when I think about it, I guess that's kind of it. Because they're always expecting something bigger and better, uh, more profitable or whatever to come along the way because there are so many choices. And, you know, too many choices mm-hmm. lead to to anxiety and anxiety leads to depression and depression leads to a number of different things, including self-harm, uh, self-loathing, which is a, 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 comes from a... a you know, a warped sense of reality. And of course, you know, that can ultimately lead it, uh, another fork in the road, which is suicide, which is the second leading cause of death on teenagers. And I, I think they just have too many choices and that's a big stress in their lives. As a matter of fact, I think it was, uh, uh, it was a secular guy, but it was a, a therapist, uh, what's his name, uh, Robert Leahy, I think, uh, who said that today's teenager is suffering from the same degree of anxiety as the average psych patient in the 1950s, and I think that these little small uh, digital adult toys that we call smartphones are creating a lot of this for our kids. And so I'll, I'll end this. I know we're running down to the end of the line here, but I want to ask you, Dennis, um, do you feel like any dependent minor living in my home or your home should have 24-7 unfettered access to a smartphone? <laughs> you know the answer to that question. Here's what I think. I think that parents need to be parents, and they need to uh, establish boundaries. I think it was uh, G.K. Chesterton who said, uh, the result of boundaries is that creation can run wild. Mm-hmm. There you go. Within the fences of a commitment in a marriage relationship, a marriage goes the distance, a family learns how to handle life, and they also know, uh, can learn who the center of life is, Jesus Christ. So yeah. uh, I think our assignment as parents is to be the parents, be courageous, step up, and uh, lay down some rules. But base, base your relationship with Christ and with them is first and foremost. Yeah, and that's the premise of all life, but there's a lot of false premises out there. And the one that is preeminent is that living outside the boundaries, that's where I get my creativity from. And I, I will challenge that and say false premise because you have to be a lot more creative to work inside boundaries. But we're out of time. Dennis, thanks for joining us on Licensed to Parent today. It's been fun. I appreciate you, Michelle, and uh, Trace, what you guys are doing. I just pray that uh, listeners are hearers. Uh, and doers, not just hearers only. Thank you, sir. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been Dennis Rainey, and you can find more information at therainies.org. Again, that's therainies.org. Thanks for listening to Licensed to Parent. If you are dealing with a troubled teen, Shepherds Hill is here to help. Contact us today. Go to licensedtoparent.org. At Shepherds Hill Academy, we are pushing forward with construction on campus, making improvements to benefit our students and teachers. Would you consider helping us finish the phase of construction? 
we would be grateful for a donation of any amount. You can donate online at licensedaparent.org and click the donate button. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Our producer is Rich Rosel. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parents. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless. See you next time.